people don't really see, I mean, this side of me right now vulnerable, right? So um, I was ready to give it up. I was ready to quit. I was ready to stop. What but stopped I, you? Honestly, my mom. It's, it sounds crazy for her not being here, but she loved that we played sports. She loved it. Congratulations. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Oh, you thought that was good? Yeah, it's, it's you better. Think it's good? I'm a, I'm a wine guy, like, man. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wine guy, we'll man. We'll do better so. with the wine next time. No problem, man. Meshach? Yes, sir. Long time coming. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually had a list of uh, guys that I wanted to interview a year ago mm -hmm. when I first started. And, you know, I started off with Jake Babbick, and you were one of the guys on the list. I know mm -hmm. you and your brothers have a pretty rich history, mm -hmm. lots to go through, but it's nice to have you under the circumstances. Congrats. Absolutely, thank you. Appreciate Big contract it. with uh, Reading? Yep. Reading? Reading. Reading Rock. I think it's Reading Reading. I haven't really, I don't know how the English call it, but so, Reading Rock is, yeah. So there's a place called Reading, yes. presumably. In England, yes. That's a place, yeah. Yeah, so how did the contract come about? I ran into you in Summer League. Mm -hmm. I know you were doing some workouts out there. Did they come from that or how did Reading? Uh, in the picture the contracts influenced it but reading actually the connection came from my coach at cape Breton university matt skin mm -hmm. um the head coach of reading was actually the assistant coach of the calgary dinos up in uh, calgary oh yeah good program so yeah so he went over there um took over as head coach and he had asked me you know one of his players he's trying to build a couple other university cis players over there as well so he wanted to just build like a strong championship program and he wanted me to me to be at the forefront so I had that kind of in the back of my pocket before I even went to Vegas. Yeah. Vegas was just trying to validate myself and get myself back. So Vegas went well as well. So. The atmosphere in Vegas mm -hmm. in general, just being around all those NBA guys, mm -hmm. being around all the, you know, the G guys, mm -hmm. the executives from overseas, the workouts, mm -hmm. the, the, it's got to be a good experience for a guy like yourself because you've tested the waters already. Have mm -hmm. you been exposed to that many important people in one place like that before? Um, I mean, I grew up, for everyone that knows my brother, Shadok, I grew up around NBA guys, you know, yeah. around, you know, guys like Wiggins, he was around, you know, guys like Fred Van Fleet, um, you know, being around the Mississauga guys, sometimes they'll have Dylan Brooks or Naz, you know, a lot of these guys, obviously, up and coming, Caleb, Simi, mm -hmm. you know, so the atmosphere for me wasn't that crazy. Right. Um, just because I've been around a lot of these guys, you know, I yeah. played against Anthony Bennett, you know, Right. So um, for me, it was never too. It was never crazy for me. I just wanted to like you know show that I belong again. So but it's one thing to be around NBA guys, like the players, and you know there's some of your peers, right? Mm -hmm. But it's another thing when the NBA sort of circus is around you and your prospects. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's like you were, you know, you're were around a lot of high level guys a lot of the time. But like for you in Vegas, you mm -hmm. had some opportunities to be you know the subject. Mm -hmm. right? You were the guy. So any sort of feelings towards that was that a cool experience to be kind of like valued like that yeah definitely for me i just wanted to like like now i guess being 28 i'm seen as like an old guy veteran <laughs> not really an old guy because i guess that's like your prime years but i just i'm more you know in tune with um you know being more of like a role model mm -hmm. being an example obviously you know i want to continue my career and get better and stuff like that but i'm just more focused on like what can i do to give back to the game you know mm -hmm. for me it's about one thing I go off of is like me dominating, you know, whether it's a camp or like a workout or a scrimmage also commands the respect of those around me. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I did in Vegas. So I right. did definitely command the respect of probably everyone in the gym. Right. So it was kind of cool. And a lot of guys messaged me there and during and after asking me questions. But 
I mean, I don't have all the answers, but for me, it's like I'm trying to revive my career, right? So England's a good step. So yeah, you, you gotta be thrilled, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta be like, <laughs> absolutely. You, you got you got a contract, a nice little mm-hmm. bag. Mm-hmm. You get to go travel mm-hmm. to the UK. I mean, you're well traveled. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> Holland, Romania. Mm-hmm. You've you've had some pit stops, but in the NBL as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, NBL as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can, obviously Canada, but um, dude, there's gotta be. I'm trying. I'm trying to find the smile in there. Where, where are we? <laughs> Not at? Dude, smile's you, definitely there. I'm just. I'm just a serious guy when it comes to the. To the talking stuff, well, so I think today, this week, last few days for you, it's got to be a huge blessing because mm-hmm. obviously 2020, 2021 was kind of a shit show. Yeah. In the mm-hmm. in uh, your circle, mm-hmm. a lot of tough times. Why don't we start with? I don't even know. You you had you had a ride, mm-hmm. and you had a, a serious ride. So I was I was thinking today, mm-hmm. the last couple of days, it's got to be a, a sweet moment for you. When when do you think the tide turned, I guess, 2020, 2021? Um, for me, I think it was accepting the contract to go play in the TBL. Now, the TBL is not normally like a highly prestigious league, but this year it was different because because of the pandemic, a lot of Division One players had stayed back. Mm-hmm. Um, and 2020... So clarify TBL. Uh, it's called the Basketball League. So David Magley was actually the, the runner the GM of the NBL in Canada. So he left to go to the States and started like, it's like an NBL, but in the States, right? It's still up and coming. It still has a lot right. of work to be done, um, but that's pretty much what it was. So I had a yeah. teammate on my team who actually was John Moran's teammate. Yeah. His name was Javion Neves. He actually scored 50 points in one game. So <laughs> he was tremendous. So I got to play with a lot of good talented players. And that's think that's when I realized, okay, I want to keep playing because, you know, this summer was hard for me because, you know, losing my mom uh, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. was tough and um uh that was like you know my mom you know were very close and one thing she'd always tell me was to like you know push forward push your dreams all these different things so it was um uh that's what kept my fire going when i went to the tbl i got a chance to you know play for a little bit i had mm-hmm. to come back obviously because of the funeral but yeah um her words always stick with me until today so 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 create a timeline for us in terms of obviously we got the pandemic going your mom's sick I know Bendigo went through a little bit of a, a COVID mm-hmm. spell. Mm-hmm. Elijah has the stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You're in the TBL. Mm-hmm. To me, it's all, you know, it's, it's a lot of things in a short period of time. Can you kind of flatten that for us and tell us kind of the, the order of events, the stuff that you had to go through the last, what, 18 months or so? Mm-hmm. So I came back from Romania uh, 2020 March, um, was there. I didn't think the pandemic would last this longer become what it was now. Mm-hmm. Um, so my focus was just, like, you know, train, get over in September so many things happened my mom's condition worsened mm-hmm. um so i dedicated myself you know i got a car i just took care of her the whole summer I just mm-hmm. trained locally um actually the trainer that i was working with uh, his name is Methusen. uh he's uh he runs a program called underdog uh, underdog yeah, yeah underdog so yeah mm-hmm. i've been working with him a lot and he's you know, he's got me tremendously better so just kind of working with him and um and then i met you know my wife to be Nicole as well in the process so a lot of a lot of good things happened um and you know Elijah's heart condition was like a scare for us you know we got a call at like two three in the morning that Elijah was passed out laid out on the floor wasn't breathing mm-hmm. we thought we lost him um you know thank god that he you know he's alive now yeah there's a lot to unpack there we're, yeah we're, I'm not gonna let you just yeah us over that but let's go mm-hmm. back to your training and also taking care of your mother was basketball sort of thing that just had to be there right then at that point? Because I'm assuming you had a you know a heavy heart, a lot of stuff going on. Like, did that mm-hmm. almost provide a little bit of balance? 
it was balanced. It was kind of like a destruction. It was like kind of a, a distraction. Sorry, it was kind yeah. of like the perfect storm, just in the sense that um, watching her, you know, and she's a she was a strong woman. Like she didn't even want to show any kind of like fear or pain. So seeing her like that also helped me put life into perspective. Like, you know, complaining about little petty things that I shouldn't be complaining about. Right? She wasn't. She was battling stage four cancer. Right? So, and by looking at her, you wouldn't even believe it other than her hair and like her body but like you know she could cook she was going for a walk she would sing dance all these things mm-hmm. so like basketball was kind of like another way of me making her proud you know because mm-hmm. she felt bad enough for me driving her everywhere and taking care of her like you know as a mother mm-hmm. as a father you want to see your kids go out mm-hmm. and pursue their dreams right so and i think you guys celebrated her really well i i caught some of the stuff on social media and it looked like when you guys were having the arrangements it was still obviously very sad time but you guys I think was it purposeful to try to have you know a good send a, a good memory sort of period where you guys you try, it looked like you guys were trying to be strong happy mm-hmm. brave when um when you guys were saying goodbye it was um it was difficult it was uh you know seeing her in the hospital and stuff mm-hmm. um I'd like to I, I claim myself as my mother's favorite that's I self-claim <laughs> um and they said she wasn't moving, she wasn't doing anything when she, like, as she was losing life until I pulled up because I left Kentucky and uh, they said the first time she turned her head was when I walked in and like me and her just made direct eye contact and there I could see peace on her face in terms of like, okay, I've now seen all my kids and she kind of just, you know, let it go then. So it was, um, uh, it was hard and we didn't really know how to go about it because I've never experienced death that close to me. So the best thing we could do was just to celebrate um, her life because she was, you know, she was a woman of God. She loved God. She loved her kids. And she set such good examples. So for us, it's like, you know what? We don't want to have the nightmarish memories we've had of her in the hospital. We want to remember her the right way. You know, she was a singer. She loved to sing. She loved people. She showed great characteristics. So for us, it was important to have a good send off for her and also uniting our family together as well, bringing us all together. That was all important. Yeah, I think... I mean, I, I don't know the family like that, but I would assume she'd appreciate the way that happened mm-hmm. um, because it, it did look like you guys were trying to bring in positive energy, and it seems like mm-hmm. all the way to the end, she was trying to do the same for you guys. So mm-hmm. heavy stuff, really, it's tough to go through. And now you have, like, do you want to play basketball? Mm-hmm. Is it Does it mean the same to you? You must have been going through a tremendous low period, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you bounce back? You know, a lot of people are going to... Growing up, I was always the gym rat, and I was always the guy, like, in the gym, pushing guys, whatever. Um, I mean, for those that are going to be watching this and listening, basketball doesn't have the same meaning it did even two years ago. Just mm-hmm. with my mom, you know, life being short, and also getting older and, you know, things like wanting to get married and wanting to, like, build a future, mm-hmm. you have to look just beyond basketball. Like, the money's good, but... I think you have to be intentional with everything, even the money that I get, mm-hmm. like in terms of like saving it, putting it towards something. So basketball has become like not only an outlet for me to like put my passions and energy on the court. Um, also, I, I love kids, right? So I want to be able to also give a positive message to children as well, you know, that they can make it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just a way for me to just really de-stress, you know. Um, I love the game. I'm a student of the game. I study the game all the time. You know, I'm always watching players play. Um, I'm not one of those guys that just watches the playoffs. I watch the whole season. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, 
I never wanted to quit. I wanted to keep going because I know my mom loved, and she's only seen me play professionally one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to continue it for her and try to milk it out, you know, as long as I can, make the money from it, and then kind of give back that way. Is this the first time you had to just live with basketball instead of just like actively going at it every single day? Like, like it sounds like not that you're losing love for mm-hmm. the game, but it seems like it's sort of you're getting perspective right now and you're starting to landscape your life and things mm-hmm. maybe make more sense. Is that something that, you know, you anticipated happening or is this, how is, you know, the pre experiences versus now? I mean, I never anticipated it just cause like, I grew up on my brother, you know, he best player in the, one of the best players in the country, you know, him, Al Wayne, Big B, Maurice Walker, and him going to Wichita, going on that run. And, you know, being a Cape Brand, it was kind of like, I was living vicariously through him, mm-hmm. right? So. I wanted to really play. He was my first motivation. Like he was like my LeBron James, right, my mm-hmm. older brother. So I kind of wanted to like learn from him. That's why I really, that's why I really started playing. Um, but I, I had a passion for it because I'm one of those guys when I fall in love with something and I want to do it, I'm gonna go all in. That's how I am. So and, and I knew that I had to owe that to myself with basketball. I wouldn't say I'm losing the love for it. I think now it's more. I'm realizing that there's more to life than basketball because mm-hmm. before I would lose a game. I wouldn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. It would destroy my entire day, sometimes the entire weekend. And realizing that there's other things in life you gotta focus on. For me, it's like when you're in those two lines and you're really going at it and focusing, everything else you can shut off for those two hours. But then when you walk out, reality, you know, you see a lot of young kids from the hood, basketball's an escape for them, right? But they, they go back to the hood after, right? And it's only the lucky ones that are able to make it out. So for me, it's understanding that there's people out there that have real life situations, not diminishing what I've been through, but just understanding that I'm, I'm doing a lot better than a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And just putting that perspective. So hey, I hate to go back to the to the deep stuff, but no as your mom's going through what she's going through, as the family's going through what they're doing, I I think Elijah has had a health pro- uh, a heart problem in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abednego is also going through a serious COVID spell. Mm-hmm. Which one happened first and like the pile on, was it, were you sinking? Like how do you, how do you keep your head above water like that? Um, Elijah was hit uh, years ago in Juco with, mm-hmm. a, with a large heart. Mm-hmm. They thought they dealt with it and then his actually happened first. Um, Abednego's actually happened, Abednego's was very quick because when Abednego caught okay. COVID, my mom and dad caught COVID and COVID is what actually ended up taking her out. Mm-hmm. It followed simultaneously like, there was a point where Abednego, my mom and dad were all in emergency. And my older brother Shadak had to watch and take care of everyone by himself. And it was a nightmare. He'd call me, send me videos. He was crying. And I had to leave Kentucky, right, to come home. You have to. You know, and coming home, it was like, by the time I came home, the damage was pretty much done. Um, the only thing was just my mom seeing us. And my dad, like, my dad's only a big guy, as you can see the rest of us. But he lost, like, 50 pounds. Mm. Um, he was broken, you know, for nights. He would just, you know, be in his room and, you know, just being tormented by like the the, the, the lights in the hospital and the, the sounds and the beeping. Um, so for me, I'm the most, I'm the level-headed one in the house. So I understood that I got to be there for everyone. Mm-hmm. My time for like mourning and crying, I couldn't do it in front of them because, you know, actually when, when my mom had passed, I was the only one that didn't cry because as I saw her going, because we, we were fighting for her to stay alive, right? We were mm-hmm. getting the breather and everything. I saw everyone starting to mental break down. I'm like, okay, like, especially with a mother with having so much boys, it can really cause a lot of tension. So I'm like, you know, I gotta be like, 
an extension of her, the male version in our house to keep everything together from everyone from being at each other's throats, from, you know, pushing each other apart. So I kind of suppressed my emotions and feelings mm -hmm. uh, for everyone else. And when I got back to, to Kentucky, there was a lot of crying, you know, for myself. I was going to say, um, when do you deal with it? Yeah, I, you just, guys, I know you're strong back home, but like, mm -hmm. you can't, you can't suffer under the pillow. Like, no, for coming. sure. I mean, my girlfriend, she was really supportive. I was, mm -hmm. went to her a lot. She helped me throughout the whole thing. Um, not having her, I'd probably be in a lot worse situation. Um, but that's that's really it. Like a lot of my friends, I, I distanced myself from them during that time, um, and I just needed to like really understand where I stand with a lot of things in life, especially with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It revealed a lot. So um, I was just trying to be strong. That's how I kept myself. My motivation really was my dad. Mm -hmm. You know, one guy at the funeral said, you know, you lost your mom, but you still have your dad. Mm -hmm. Like, take care of him, right? So that's been my motivation every day, is taking care of my dad. Was leaving basketball on the table? 100%. Uh, how close do you think you got? Very close. My girlfriend would tell you I almost quit. I was like 90% there. I didn't want to play anymore because there was so much going on. Um, and every time I stepped on the court, because it affected me beyond. And I'm one of those guys on social media where I portray such a positive, uplifting, strong message mm -hmm. that people don't really see. I mean, this side of me right now, vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? So um, I was ready to give it up. I was ready to quit. I was ready to stop. What but stopped I, you? Honestly, my mom. It, it sounds crazy, but her not being here, but she loved that we played sports. She loved it. She loved every time we put up something on YouTube of us playing. And some of my close friends that just told me, man, go hard for her. You know, mm -hmm. finish out your career the right way. And I wanted to be an overcomer because I want my story, you know, Elijah's story, everything we've gone through to also motivate other people that go through the same thing because our situation is not unique for mm -hmm. sure. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pity myself. There's people that lose both their parents, situations like that. So I kind of want to be like a beacon of hope to them and be like, you know what? You guys can make it. I made it. I, and that's my motivation. Did she get to see you, Abednego, and Shadrach play together? I go off when I played the CBL. She saw all three of us. Yeah. First game, first and only game. So if there's ever a game, yeah. How was the three. experience playing with your brothers? I know you you look up to your older one. Mm -hmm. It was different. I mean, me and Shadak butted heads a couple times. Yeah. Then I go on Shadak, but it was cool. I like, saw something from Halifax, and it yeah. was like, oh, these two brothers. They just yeah. You, you they can't just, separate them. They're no. playing around. They're poke. Yeah. It's no, a, you guys are you guys are scrapping. Coach pitted us against <laughs> each other all the time. He wanted that dynamic. It was good for publicity for the mm -hmm. league as well. But when we were in the CBL together, we, we all lived in the same apartment together. It mm -hmm. was cool to bond with each other and just kind of see how like we are because we've never been in each other's habitat like that. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a joy. We made history, you know, first three brothers to play the CBL ever, right? So Elijah could be right there. Elijah, right? Exactly. Is going to be the four of you reunion anytime soon? We're hoping. We're hoping. I, I don't think Abenigo is playing anymore. I think Abenigo is fully done. Okay. Um, He's also feeling a lot of, you know, from what happened with my mom as well. So I think me, Elijah, and Shadrach are the only ones that are still, still checking. So. I mean, you can't blame them. Like, mm -hmm. Of course. It's a, it's, that's a lot on your guys' plate. That's life-changing. Mm -hmm. Truly. You, um, where else in your journey have you failed, uh, faced adversity? Not, adversity? not obviously the level that you had to face this year, but... Like I was saying, Romania, Holland, mm -hmm. you've had your spells uh, in the NBL. Mm -hmm. when, did the, when else has the water been choppy for you? And um, 
So I went to Cape Breton University. Mm-hmm. I had committed verbally to Albany and got a little greedy, went to Cape Breton just because I wanted to. You Albany? Yeah. And I wanted it's to a have some school. fun. Yeah, it's, just, it's a big school. Yeah. And I went to Cape Breton. I broke my foot uh, in, in, a, in a scrimmage and ended up having to commit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and dealing with a lot of people in my head, Cape Breton University, what is he playing, whatever, because my brother was like the big star and the Benegal was up and coming. So all my brothers went Juco and D1. I was mm-hmm. the only one that didn't. But what it did is it caused me to work twice as hard, mm-hmm. you know, um, push myself twice as hard. And I was one of the most decorated players in the country, did really well. And I ended up going to Holland's top division, which is a very good league. Mm-hmm. My biggest regret there was that you know, when you're asking to talk about adversity, it was I never took care of my body, stuff like nutrition and stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't you know? I didn't care about it, and I suffered consequences. I had a disc bulge. How old were you, and when you went to Holland? Uh, 20 to 24. So okay. I, was, I was fairly, I mean, young in that regard, and I had a very good first year, second year, a lot of injuries and a lot of self-inflicted things. I did a lot mm-hmm. of poor decisions that I made in my life that took away that opportunity, and you know, I uh, came to come play in the NBL and PI. I broke my foot the first game, and then I went down a spiral of alcoholism. You know, a lot of people are not, that don't know me personally, would don't know that I was an alcoholic at some point. Like, people just see me with wine and stuff, but I was, it was a depressing time for sure. At what point in the journey did you face that? Is that still Holland? Is that your 24? And that's when you're losing touch with your body, or? Yeah, I mean, that's that was my, that was my biggest trial. Mm-hmm. because I started to question if I was built for it. A lot of questions, like, you know, but thank God I have, you know, I'm a man, I'm a man of faith, first mm-hmm. most, and that's what kept me going, you know, to have that belief in myself that, like, you know, I can get through this, I can fight through it, and having the right guys, trainers around me and stuff like that is what is what ultimately pushed me. Uh, we were talking earlier, I know you faced another health crisis yourself, along with your brothers. Is that something you want to open up about today, or you want to say it for another time? Uh, I mean. Also, we, we can cut stuff. No, no, for sure. Lives, that so. was for sure. That was for sure. I mean, that. That's something that I'm still a little bit. Uh, You're still processing. Yeah. Yeah. Still processing. There'll be a time for sure. We can do it on the, on, yeah. on another show or something. Well, we'll you know, back. we'll talk about it for sure. But yeah, some things. I'm just I'm just trying to take it one one day at a time. You know, the England. Job is like a massive blessing for me, you know. Yeah. Now, now we're now it's a massive blessing. Yeah, now you know, we're happy. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? And um, other things that I have in the works, you know. Stay tuned, and it's just things that I just you know want to get. You know, the best way to make my mom proud is by living, right? Mm-hmm. That's what she wants for her kids is to, us to live. She wouldn't want us down here crying. You know, I know she's in heaven dancing, mm-hmm. having fun. Like she's not worried you know she just the only thing i was think she would want us to do is live our lives right and join her eventually so i don't i don't know where to go from here so i i can talk to you about the final four i kind of want to talk to you about we can keep uncovering 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 but i don't want to push mm-hmm. too much you know what i mean Let, let's talk about you, you talked about you like you look up to your older brother Shadrach and Elijah got to go through something similar recently they both got to have these tremendous March Madness runs how how do you take that in obviously you're ecstatic for your brothers I'm assuming and mm-hmm. how how does that feed your motivation obviously Shadrach he got the final four final four in and, 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 and Earl Roberts had a great run yeah. this year mm-hmm. you're sitting you're looking at obviously you had a, a D1 spot yourself mm-hmm. and you take a different route is there any animosity towards it or how do you I mean 
the same year CJ went to the Final Four, and so the year they lost to Kentucky, mm-hmm. we actually went to Nationals that year. Kate Brent, we finished 19 and one, and we had a lot of good players on our team: Kayon Marriage, Shaquille Keith. Okay. Yeah, and North we Lake. yeah we lost to Lakehead, who mm-hmm. also beat Ottawa and lost to Carlton. So I had a good year. You know, we won the conference championship, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like. You know, we were both doing well. They won their conference, which is how we won ours. So it's kind of cool to see it. There was never animosity. There was like, that's my big brother, right? He's doing mm-hmm. his thing. Then Elijah's was like, at this point, I wasn't playing. I was just training. Right. So I was like losing my mind supporting him. You know, mm-hmm. I remember him being in the living room with a Benegal, and we were all watching and supporting. And it was just like, we just felt bad he wasn't there. Yeah. You know, and not a lot of people knew because he hadn't opened up with his heart condition and stuff like that. We just yeah. felt bad. But it was... Uh, it was motivation for him. You can see he was hungry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of players, people don't know, Elijah was actually one of the go-to guys on that team, right? Yeah. So he could have helped them, especially with size. So we're excited for him to get out there this year and play. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, they got their star player, Max, back. So I think they're yeah, going to both do get. well. That's yeah. a big get. And Absolutely. Uh, I spent some time with Elijah over in Vegas as well. And mm-hmm. he's he's on it. He it's is. It's in his mind. He's already, like, he's going to the league. Like, that's, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he said, I'm, I'm going to be here next year in summer mm-hmm. league. You know, he said he's going to do these candy pods. No so doubt. You had to hold him to that with me. 100%. He's not, he's not back. I got you. I got you, man. I but, got you. yeah, he's he's all the way dedicated. Mm. And, um, yeah, and uh, so how, how do you how do you think projecting for Elijah? Because it's, it's been a while since people have watched him play. Where do you think he's at next year in terms of, you know, health, in terms of, you know, productivity? What do you think? What do you, what do you expect out of him coming to next year? Elijah's biggest issue ever in his career has been his mind. Mm-hmm. Elijah, sometimes we look at Elijah, he's so big, mm-hmm. so strong, but we forget he's the baby brother. Mm-hmm. So we forget he still looks up to us and he has different emotions than we do, right? So I always keep that into perspective, mm-hmm. you know, because like I remember one summer he came home, he was twice my size. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, I can kind of pick on him and do whatever, but then you realize he still sees you as the older brother. Mm-hmm. So it, it was always his mind. If he can get that on point, I wouldn't be surprised if he could go lottery because he's that good. His mm-hmm. size, even when he played for RU in limited minutes, I mean against Wichita when he had those NBA guys, he had seven. He had a 17 and 12 game, like he had some monstrous games. And combined with his speed, athleticism, there's not a big as athletic and strong in the whole NCAA. I don't think that can match up with him next year. How far do you think our Roberts goes last year with him? I think they can go front of four. For sure, because yeah, I mean they won, they lost by what a buzzer, and they were yeah. knocking off some good teams. Yeah, that were supposed to go far. Yeah. So if Elijah was there with O'Banner and Max, was it 15, 15 seed? They were or fifteenth, yeah. Yeah, so fifteen over two right mm-hmm. off the bat. That's the big one. Mm-hmm. That's so, the big one. Yeah, I mean, I think all the way back, mm-hmm. over everything, your, your mother, Elijah, Abednego, dealing with everything. We're still here. You're going on a still flight going, soon. Man. Still going. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna chase the dream over in the UK. Mm-hmm. What can you know the Reading Rockets expect out of you next year? Um, what are you providing them on their team, and you know, how excited are you to be in there? Bringing in a great character guy, yeah. blue collared. You know, my dad and my mom were such hard workers, and they instilled that in me. You know, a guy that has a lot of faith guy that's not easily wavered mm-hmm. you know and, and and a two-way player that's what I pride myself in offensive mm-hmm. defense you know two ways and that's what I want to bring to the Reading Rockets organization and then I've built a relationship with Dan Pearson the head coach there mm-hmm. and 
he expects a lot. He, we've, I've played against his teams um, in the college as well, and he's seen some film of me as well. Mm -hmm. So I just want to bring that veteran dominant leadership, you know, especially down low as a presence. That's kind of what I want to bring. And I'm going, to, I'm going there to win. I told the guys in the group chat, I'm like, it's championship this year. Like, there's no, there's no other conversation. So basketball side, what else are you excited to do over in the UK? Travel. I mean, Where it's are we going UK. first? I don't know. My my girlfriend's from Croatia, so she's oh, talks about Croatia. going there. I have a couple of friends in Holland that I could go visit. Oh yeah, now um, your first trip, right? So. Yeah, I have family in Italy, family in Paris. So well, travel with family. Yeah, we're spread <laughs> out. So, but I've never been in England, like really. Mm -hmm. I've never traveled in London. So, I mean, that's gonna be the first place I want to actually like experience. Yeah. But other than that, flights around are like 150, 200 dollars max. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna be moving around for sure. Well, Vishak, I'm incredibly happy that you are where you are right now. Appreciate that. I think the fans over in Reading are going to love having you there. I think, you know, I think you got through the hard part. And I think it's, we're going to keep going up and we're going to touch base in a year. And I want to learn all about all your family, all these different countries and all your experiences Absolutely, out man. there. So Definitely. I appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate Thank you, man. Thank you.